You know, sometimes as human beings, we go through painful personal circumstances. And I'm sure we all at some time have found it difficult to understand why God would allow this to happen to us. Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And that's the subject we'll be looking at today in this special bonus edition of the short bonus season of the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Overall, the main project is to work through the entire Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. At the moment, we're between seasons, and to be frank with you guys, just to give me a little bit more time to do some preparation, the short two-week season is a series of essays, chapters of a book I wrote some years ago, which try and answer some of the big questions that face us as Christian believers, during which time I'm able to get some good preparation done as we get ready to launch off on our next season together. Season three, the book of Exodus. So let me remind you, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. So why not do that? And make sure you hang around at the end and I'll tell you lots of ways you can connect to not only this podcast, but all the other ministries and teaching resources that I make freely available. So bye for now, and I'll see you at the end. Experiencing God Day by Day by Jeremy R. McCandless Read by the author Chapter 6 God in a World of Pain and Suffering Since the fall of man, the world has always been a place of pain and suffering. But today, with ever more effective means of communication, we have become more and more aware of the range and the dimensions that suffering can encompass. The problem of human suffering has for many Christian believers has become the major spiritual problem of this age and for non-Christians a block to understanding God. I hope it's been helpful to acknowledge in the previous chapter that the existence of evil is in fact compatible with the existence of an all-good and all-powerful God. I think it's also helpful to understand that this same God can be understood as all-loving and ever-present in a fallen world. It's reassuring to know that the God of the Bible is a God who cares and a God in whom we can trust. Trust like a child trusts its own father. Trust with a childlike faith, even though we still live in a world of suffering and pain. However, just because we can see there's a possibility for a reason for pain and suffering in the world, that's not saying the same thing as saying that pain and suffering is willed by God or is always for the best. Sometimes as humans we will go through painful personal circumstances and we find it difficult to understand why God would allow this to happen to us. However, our lack of understanding does not mean that there is no good reason behind these things or that these things happen or exist. Looking at it from our own human perspective, it's like seeing a few splashes of paint up close rather than standing back and seeing the whole painting hanging in the gallery. It is true to say we really cannot see the whole picture sometimes and that God simply calls us to trust in him. You know, sometimes as a parent I had to make a decision that allowed my daughter or son to suffer a little pain in the moment 
like a visit to a doctor for a vaccination or to the dentist. From their perspective as children, they do not really understand the need for pain or just experiencing. But as a loving father, I can assure them that in the end it will all be best and all will be well. Left to our own free will, we will often make mistakes and many painful experiences may come our way in life, even those we can't understand or don't know why. I grew up in a house with a father who was deeply involved in the work of bringing relief to those people around the world suffering from the effects of leprosy. Even a very superficial study of the effects of that dreadful disease quickly showed the dramatic effect on overall health and well-being that leprosy can cause. You see, leprosy causes the patient to suffer the inability to feel pain. What happens is their pain receptors are rendered ineffective by the impact on the nerve endings of the leprosy bacillus. Normally, we only need touch a hot stove for a millisecond to realise that this is doing us harm and we'll immediately withdraw and not touch it again. Healthy nerve endings detect pain instantaneously to ensure we don't continue to bring harm upon ourselves. Even as finite human beings, we can recognise that there may be some good purposes in some of the events we have to go through, even though we might, in the moment, describe them as suffering. However, think about this and how much more an infinitely wise God with a loving purpose can use what we experience as suffering for his own good purposes. Our inability to understand why bad things happen to good people does not invalidate God's grace. Perhaps it just further exposes our limited ability to understand the mind of God in all of its fullness and in a sense it just exposes our true spiritual immaturity. When we are unable to evaluate our present sufferings in the light of a good eternal God, then as the Apostle Paul helpfully stated in his letter to Romans, that when considering this and considering our present sufferings, they're not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That's Romans 8.18. Into this situation comes Jesus, bringing a radical response to our pain and suffering. His answer was to come for all mankind and offer his sacrificial death as a solution to the effects of sin upon the world. For every single human being, Jesus now has the potential to stand as either a stumbling stone for those who want to go their own way, or a foundation stone upon which they can build their lives into the future a foundation stone upon which they might build up love and healing among the pain of this world because he indeed experienced the hatred of those who put him there on the cross. But to some he will just be a stumbling stone, particularly to those who at heart just want to exalt themselves above the Creator. A stumbling stone because what he exemplifies is something which is foreign to everything humanity would seek to do everything that fallen human nature would seek to exalt. The opposite of what fallen human nature would usually seek to exalt. Weakness instead of power. Sacrifice instead of selfishness. Forgiveness instead of revenge. And ultimately putting God at the centre of everything, rather than ourselves.
humanity's attempts to approach God on our terms is an attempt to turn ourselves into creatures that do not sin, defining our own standard of sin and standing before a creator who we believe should not judge. This type of humanism is nothing more than an attempt to raise humankind to the heavenly realm without the need for righteousness, without the need for forgiveness and without the need for reconciliation, ultimately without the need of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. A popular but rather overused term frequently heard is no pain, no gain. But as with all phrases that are used to the point of cliché, there is often to be found a deep truth within. In my own experience of life, I look back on experiences that at the time have seemed especially desolate, especially painful. But from the luxury point of viewing from today, I can now see that I have learned almost everything that gave my life meaning through some sort of affliction, not generally through happiness. The burden of suffering has in the long run enlightened my existence if only in enabling me to appreciate the good times when they come. I am convinced that the pointlessness that so many feel in their lives when they are struggling does not come from becoming weary of pain and suffering, rather it becomes much more frequently from becoming weary of the pleasures of this world. This of course is what the cross means at the deepest level. In the cross of Christ, love and hate meet in the ultimate final conflict, and it is at the cross of Christ we can find and build our spiritual home. The cross tells mankind that he is not distant from God, because God is in the midst of our suffering. As Christ was nailed to the cross, the wicked heart of mankind did not realise what was happening. They did not understand he had the potential to bring the world to his feet. The cross is unique in world's faith because it brings God right into the middle of our most difficult emotional conflicts. The Christian God is the God for whom every evil act is a catastrophic compulsion in the heart of a God who loves us. This is not the God of the Islamic world, a God who desires to build his earthly kingdom by building a geo political, religious society. Neither is he the God of Buddhism that calls us to retreat from the world, nor is he in any of the multiplicity of Hindu gods whose lives transcend this world and only communicate to us through the concepts of myths and legends. The Christ of the Bible is the incarnate one, the one who became as one with us and hungers for an everlasting relationship with us. 2,000 years ago, the old gods of myth and legends were cast out from the plight of man. Even as hands were outstretched imploring forgiveness for the very statues and idols they had made, yet Christ came to earth and stretched out his arms towards an obstinate, unregenerate humanity. It is in the cross of Christ that we are called to die to our own will in order that the life and the Spirit of God may live more fully in us. When a man lives apart from God, the hungers of the heart and the mind cannot find their fulfilment. Even when we encounter the great moral evil act of another human being, one whose effect falls upon us, the Bible still declares that God can use those situations for good. 
When considering the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, the text shows us that it was his brother's actions and motivations that caused Joseph to end up in Egypt. We can see that they were motivated by jealousy, hatred, murderous intent, and even personal financial gain. Yet later, Joseph was heard to declare, What you intended to cause harm to me, God has intended for good, to accomplish what he is now doing in order to save many lives. Many evil things happen to us in our lives, but that does not mean that God cannot use them for good. Sometimes the good that God can bring out of our suffering will involve a positive change in our character. That was the experience of many biblical writers, including Peter, who talked about being refined in the fire, the Apostle Paul, who said that whilst he was in prison, he was able to open up to the will and the prompting of God, which of course led him to write letters instructing and encouraging many of the new churches that were appearing and scattered all around Asia Minor. We cannot know with our limited minds the meaning and purpose of everything in this created universe. It follows on that we will also not know or understand the reasoning behind all the evils we can see in the world. We are limited in both our nature and our intellect. However, just because we can recognize that we do not know the reason behind a certain painful situation or the suffering we're experiencing, that is not the same as saying that there is no meaning or rationale behind it. Belief in a good God with an infinitely good mind can be recognized as one who can know and work out a good purpose for literally anything and everything. Just as in the physical scientific world, it is perfectly reasonable to strive to reach a point where everything currently unexplained will one day be explained, it is also acceptable to say within a spiritual context that everything that exists within the moral universe will, in the fullness of time, be understood and explained. People of faith, people of the Christian faith, have every good reason to believe that the God who is good i.e. he is infinitely good, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all things, that we can believe that he, that God, will have a good purpose for us and even allowing for the suffering and evil we may see or experience in the world. You see, human suffering, as revealed in the life and death of Jesus, shows us that God also carries a burden, a burden he bore with no less agony, no less anguish, no less loneliness and despair to his physical and emotional body, nothing less than the pain of the cross of Calvary. It was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who ultimately called out and said, only the suffering God is the one who can help us. God, throughout the history of Orthodox Christian traditions, has always been presented to humanity, not as an escape hatch from the reality of suffering, but the one who grounds us through these painful experiences we suffer. You see, suffering in the light of this understanding, rather than causing us to doubt the existence of God, should in fact emphasise to us the need for faith. God is seen to be working out his purposes in all our experiences and the events around us, and we surely can trust him through the most difficult of times. The God revealed in the Bible does not promise to deliver us from our present troubles, but he does declare that he will share them intimately with us 
and enable us to come through them and experience his presence as we do that. Only with this in mind are we then able to express the heart of our faith and make the claim that Paul did in Romans chapter 8 verses 38 and 39 when he was able to say, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation is ever able to separate us from the love of God in Christ. That, my friends, is why God calls us to trust him and to let him and allow him to bring out the best in us and give us the best of all possible futures. It is in that final reunion that we will at last, in eternity, we will be able to see past and beyond the evil and the pain of this world and even in death declare all of those things for us to be a thing of the past. You see, ultimately, we are not only saved out of the presence of evil and sin in this world, but we are saved from its penalty as well. But in the end, ultimately, we are saved from the very presence of sin for eternity. Okay, thank you for joining me again today. May I remind you that you can click on the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts from, and that way you'll never miss another single episode. This podcast is hosted on thebibleproject.buzzsprout.com and there you'll find links to lots of free additional Bible teaching resources. In the main seasons, you'll always find a complete transcript of everything I've said, along with links to all the different platforms in which you can access other free Bible teaching resources. Places like the YouTube channel, the Facebook page, and even my LinkedIn page. And you'll also find places where you can support or partner with this ministry if you like, places like Patreon or Buy Me A Coffee. It is thanks to my patrons that I am able to make this podcast freely available all over the world. It's being listened to by tens of thousands of people in over 171 countries around the world. But without the help of those patrons, none of this would be possible. So thank you to you guys. And if you want to join that group of people who support this ministry directly, please head on over there and have a look. But that's it for today, and I'll see you back here tomorrow, where we'll be looking at God's salvation plan as it unfolded through history. So bye-bye for now, and I'll see you back here again very soon. Bye-bye now.